feeling stuck in your career or like you're not realizing your potential? Coaching Chats is the podcast for you. Through informative interviews and practical advice, we will help you assess your skills and interests while providing actionable steps to overcome challenges. Become the best version of yourself with Coaching Chats. Welcome to another episode of Coaching Chats. I'm your host, Rukshana Aliva. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Brian Boyle. Brian is a transformational coach who helps people overcome their self-imposed limitations and achieve their goals. He focuses on building confidence, taking decisive action, and delivering results. Brian is a trusted mentor who has helped countless individuals shatter their limitations. I met Brian at an ecology coaching event last year, and we've kept in touch on Instagram ever since. He constantly posts insightful videos on personal growth and development, which I greatly admire. So let's get started. Welcome, Brian, to this new episode of Coaching Chats. Hi, Roxana. It's great to be here. Today, we will be discussing a fascinating topic, which I'm sure everyone can relate to, how stepping outside our comfort zone builds self-confidence. And I thought to actually start from a definition. Brian, what is confidence? Confidence is a tricky one for people to pin down Roxana, what I generally tend to find, if you ask somebody, what is confidence? They tend to describe it situationally. They tend to say, well, confidence is walking across a bar to start a conversation with someone you like. Confidence is putting your hand up at a meeting or confidence confidence is getting up on stage to talk to people. So they tend to talk about it as an event rather than an innate trait, all right? But confidence in its simplest terms is the outcome of the thoughts you think and the actions you take, okay? So it's not based on your actual ability to succeed at a task, but your belief in your ability to succeed. So your belief that you can lead a team, your belief that you can speak to a large group of people. So confidence isn't something that you have, it's something that you get. And most people seem to think that when they observe a confident person doing something, they were obviously born with it or that they had some magical way of obtaining this, that it was nearly like it was endowed upon them somehow. In reality, they, they earned it through hard graft and practice and putting themselves out there. It's not something that's fixed. Confidence comes and goes through life. It is, it's a, a bit of a moving target for most people where it's one minute you're flying high, you're making great bounds in life and everybody's complimenting you and telling you you're doing great and your confidence is soaring. The next minute you screw up, you make a mistake and then people start criticizing and your confidence nosedives and it's something that you have to pick up again. One thing I tend to find is that people tend to, uh, they tend to confuse it with self-esteem. 
Self-esteem and self-confidence are not the same thing. So self-esteem is how much you value, appreciate, like, and love yourself. And that comes from your internal dialogue. So how much you talk to yourself in a positive way. Self-confidence is your faith in your ability to achieve your goals. But I do believe that the two of them are very, very closely linked. You can't really have one without the other. If you're internally critical, you can't be externally successful. So you need to have a certain amount of faith in yourself before you can be confident first. So it's, it's a good starting point is to be very, very, to be on very good terms with yourself, I think is, is really where you want to be. I think confidence is something that everybody wants and everybody chases. And it's something that a lot of people fake. And they go around broadcasting their confidence to people. I think it works to an extent. You can bluff your way through a few situations, but somewhere along the line, someone's going to call you out and catch you. And you're going to find yourself probably properly embarrassed for doing it. So it's something, like I said, you have to get it. You have to earn it. And there is a process to achieve that. Wow. Very well said, Brian. Yeah, you, you, you made me think right now as well. It seems to me uh, having confidence is also, it's, it's a mindset thing as well. You know, we're not born with confidence as well. It's earned through hard work, through, I believe, embracing challenges as well, through hard work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why is, you know, these days you may have seen a lot of, you know, content in social media about stepping outside comfort zone and which is obviously a very important topic and why is stepping outside our comfort zone important with regards to um, self-confidence well confidence is an animal that needs to be fed so your current level of confidence has come from everything that you have done up until this point um, when you do more you get more so it's a case of if you, if you want more confidence you have to do more things that are risky, okay? Risk is part of the game. And in order to take risk, you have to have something before confidence. And this is something that a lot of people forget when it comes to confidence. Everybody thinks you just jump straight into confidence. You don't. The first step is bravery or faith, whichever way you want to describe it. You have got to be at that point where you're standing on the precipice and you've got to step over the edge. Uh, there is no way around that. The only thing I can say is that the more you do that, the more comfortable that process becomes. Okay? But every challenge, every new you, every new version of you will require you to stand at a new precipice and take a new leap of faith. And that is what leads to confidence. So the, to confidence. So the process is bravery leads to action. Action leads to confidence. So to give you an example, let's say you're standing in a bar, there's a girl on the other side of the bar that you want to speak to. Bravery is saying, I'm going to go and speak to her. I don't know her. I have no idea what kind of reaction I'm going to get. And then the action is you finding yourself walking across the bar, probably talking yourself out of it. And then you see how it goes. And if it goes well from that, you develop confidence in approaching people. And from that, you will then take more action. And more action builds on more action. And then next thing, you're building a set of stepping stones 
where every one of these takes you further and further up this ladder of confidence. And then this is when you start to notice really significant change happening. Your life starts to move in a direction that you never thought it could move. What most people, where they make the mistake, is they take one step of bravery that was relatively safe, not too risky, and they get to a comfortable spot. And we call this our comfort zone, where you know you can execute something well, whether it be your job, whether it be your relationships, whether it be a weight that you can lift in the gym, it could be anything at all. There's, there's where I know I can do that. And then the next stage is where the bravery and the faith is. That's the bit that people struggle with. But if you want to grow confidence, you want to feed that animal, you've got to continuously step beyond that comfort zone because it's going to become a prison for you eventually. It's comfortable for a while, and then it starts to become a problem. You start to get bored, start to get stifled, and then you start to get fed up. And that's where people start to get miserable. So it feeds into something called progress. Progress is my word for happiness. You want to be happy in life, make progress. So go, go and make some progress and then come back and tell me I was wrong if you don't believe me. But it's really, really important. People feel like they're moving forward in some area, if not all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. This is so true. Thank you. It seems to me that we, you know, constantly, in order to have this progress, in order to build this confidence, we constantly need to push ourselves to make ourselves uncomfortable, to take risks, to be to be bold. Um, I remember actually when I started my podcast, my first episode, I was so nervous. You know, my body was even... I was very nervous inside and, you know, this is my third episode and I feel like even today how calm I am because obviously mm-hmm. through practice it makes me more confident mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to do an episode with, with a guest speaker. I can completely relate to that. And again, even starting podcast was, I'm just talking back to what you said, was really stepping, stepping outside my comfort zone. Was, but I did, I did it deliberately as well. And plus, I really wanted interaction with people. So it just was a win-win uh, situation for me. I'm also wondering, how does pushing beyond our comfort zones contribute to building self-confidence? Quite simply, developing self-confidence and stepping out of your comfort zone allows you to grow. It, and it is that simple. It really isn't any more complex than that. Because like I said, growth fuels progress. We are creatures that thrive on progress in our life. And that growth is really, really important. Like you, you don't want to look back on your life and say that I'm exactly the same person I was 30 years ago. You don't want to look back on your life and say, I lived the same day for 80 years and call it a life. That's, that's not a life. You want to know that you are in a different place and you're a different person today from what you were a period of time ago. But I suppose that's, that's the long-term view. If beyond the short-term view is confidence feels good. Really, really good. When you know you're confident at something, when you know that you've just smashed something that was stopping you, that was in your way, and now it's behind you, and you know you can do it, like the, the feel, the, the adrenaline, the, the burst of energy, that, and then there's that desire to go on and do more. You're just, you're firing on all cylinders. And the great thing is people notice. Your family notices, you notice, 
the opposite sex notices, your boss notices, everybody sees it and it feels good to be in that position. And anybody who has done it knows exactly what I'm talking about. And the thing is, you probably just need more of that in your life. But then you're slipping back into that comfort zone and you're sitting there hunched down and all safe and snug. But if you want that feeling, if you want that action and that adrenaline, you have to raise your head above the trench and you have to go for it. Indeed. And every time, you know, every time I, I read some success stories from people who, who are successful now, they all overcame something. They all had to step out. They all had to push themselves. I've never heard any success story. It was like, oh, you know, everything was fine, you know, just live my life, you know, and I had a overnight success. No, you know, it always requires pushing yourself. Um, and it, as you said, confidence feels so good. And as well, it doesn't allow you to live, you know, to live your life with regrets. Like, oh, you know, I'm at the end of my life and I wish I have, you know, taken more risk or things like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's very powerful. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, obviously when we talk about pushing pushing ourselves it leads and we as you and you mentioned progress we it, it always involves changes people need to make changes in their lives and with regards to confidence what changes do people need to make to become confident well everybody's life is different Roxana, and everybody needs to make different changes what i would say is as a general piece of advice is do different stuff Okay, if what, you, what you've done up until now has got you what you've got, if you want different, you have to do different. Okay, you need to look at the areas in your life that you need to stretch in. And it's got to be stuff that stretches you. Now, if it's been a long time since you've taken a big step, now there's people who are facing this day in, day out, you know what I mean? They get used to it, they harden to the process. But speaking to somebody who hasn't done it for a long time, maybe you've sat still for 10 years, maybe 15, you haven't really pushed yourself as well as you could, but you know it's time for it. You just, all the signs are there that it's time something changed. It's do something different. But a word of caution, stretch yourself but don't stretch it so far that it snaps, okay? Because that will be counterproductive. If you go for a goal that's too big, jump too far, then what you're going to have is you're going to knock your confidence immensely. And then you will go back into your safety zone and you'll never venture out of there again. You'll think, that's, I'm, I'm never, ever subjecting myself to that again, okay? But if I was to give you an example, let's say, that you want it as a real far out, really long-term goal, I want to give a TED talk, okay? I would start you, if you hadn't done change for a long time and you didn't have a public speaking background, I'd tell you to put your hand up at a meeting at work and share your opinion. And I would keep doing that until somebody notices that you actually have an opinion. And then when they know you have an opinion, they might say, well, you know what, Rakshana's got some great ideas. Let's get her to do a presentation on that. And then you do your presentation. And that presentation evolves into other presentations. And then you start to think to yourself, well, you know what, this stuff's actually pretty useful. Hey, I wonder if there anybody else would want to hear this. So you, you move on to a slightly different audience, different groups. And then next thing you know, you've got a TikTok and you've got an Instagram and you're starting to build a following. 
And that keeps evolving and happening to the point where somebody someday comes along and says, here, Roxana, we'd love you to do a TEDx talk for us. And you see the day that call comes in, a TEDx talk is just going to be another day at the office for you. Whereas right now, it seems like this massive, huge, ambitious goal that seems so far away. But if you follow a process of stretching yourself of confidence and skill building, then the day it arrives, it won't be any big shake. You'll just cruise straight through it. So those are the types of changes that people need to make. Start incrementally. Start from where you are. Okay, don't worry about where you want to go. Forget about that. Say, I, you can say, I want to be on the big circle on a TED Talk. Just say it and then forget about it. Your next step is putting your hand up at the next meeting you're in and sharing your opinion, even if it goes against the grain. Because you need to practice this. Because without practice, you're not going anywhere. Okay? So do different. Do it incrementally. And make sure it's stretching you. Mm-hmm. This is very true. Even as you said, this is a great. This is actually a great example of a TED talk, public speaking. And I've heard from some people who who did the TED talk. And initially, I remember I, I read once uh, one speaker's story. He said he he the reason why he got on TED talk because he was practicing every single day. Like he took small steps, but eventually, it actually got him. He got confident. And I know how he got pitched for his talk, but obviously himself before he made that he that that particular talk, he wasn't you know he, he wasn't that skilled at mm-hmm. at public speaking. But it because of his efforts and every single day practicing, and that took him actually to speak on on the stage. Yeah, sacramental steps, as you say. Yeah, that's that's and, very true. There's one other thing I'd probably add to that mm-hmm. is. You really want to take it all away, get help. Yeah. Model somebody who has done it before you. So if you can get a hold of a mentor, get one. Or at least get a picture in your head of the type of person you want to be. But then seek out a coach. And that's not me promoting my services, by the mm-hmm. way. It's, it's seek out somebody who can get you to that next level because you can only take yourself so far with what you know. You need somebody who has done it before who knows the process and maybe knows the industry and knows how to make the right moves in it so that you could end up there. So I think asking for help wherever you might choose to take it from is an absolutely vital step in that process as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, Brian, thank you. Definitely helps. And, and also this is one of the like epiphanies I had recently that uh, all of these you know, successes that people have and achievements, it's all due to having a mentor or a coach. Every time I, you know, I either read a memoir of somebody, someone's, or I watch somebody's, you know, again, success stories, everyone attributes to having a mentor or a coach. Yeah, if you want to be a public speaker, you hire a, you know, a mentor or coach who can help you along the way. Because this is definitely as well can build your confidence as well, and yeah, teach your skills. It's interesting that as well. What has been on my mind is that when we, obviously, obviously we we touched upon uh, public speaking, and it, it does come with fears. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. have this fear. Obviously, it relates to other areas of our life. If we want to do something that is not uh, comfortable for us. 
In your opinion, what are some common fears or challenges people often face when stepping outside their comfort zones? The two biggest ones that I come up against all the time and from any client I've worked with is fear of judgment and fear of failure. Those are the two biggest. And so even if you put everything else down, those two are head and shoulders above all other fears and worries that people have. My advice to handle both of those is to go all in. Whatever you do, don't half-arse it. Go all in, commit to the process. And over a period of time, you will find that you've committed to the point where you simply don't, where failure is off the table as an option and where you simply don't care what people think anymore. So to give you an example, we've been talking a bit about social media here. If you're going to start a social media channel, don't do 10 videos and quit. Because once people find out that you've got a social media channel and they go on there and they find there's only 10 videos and it took you three months to post them, they're going to watch every single video, they're going to criticize every single video, and they're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Now, they're going to talk about it anyway. There's nothing you can do about that. But what I've found, I'm at the point now where I have 260 videos online. Anybody who goes to my page, the first thing they do is they think, God, there's no way I'm going to be able to watch all of these. There's too much stuff. And the first thing that strikes them is that this guy's outworking me. And that puts them on the back foot immediately. They'll never admit that. You'll never hear them say it. But they are immediately struck with the sheer volume of stuff that you've produced. And when somebody is outworking somebody else, it's very, very hard to criticize them because they're online crushing it, showing up every day, doing what needs to be done. And you were going to go in there and criticize them. It'd be very, very easy for someone to turn around and say, well, show us what you've done. So I tend to find that a volume of work gets rid of the judgmentals and it gets rid of the fear of failure. Because once you fall into that habit, like I, I don't even need to think about producing videos anymore. Every, every Saturday, it just happens. So it's, it's not even, it was a thing for me at the start, the, the judgment probably more than the failure. I have a pretty good track record of, of finishing what I start. But the, the judgment did worry me. And I did realize very quick that as soon as people were saying, yeah, I was on your social media brand, you've got a lot of stuff there. I thought to myself, yeah, there, there's too much for them to criticize it. And this, this is what I've really found. It was a profound point for me to learn that once you're out working someone, that tends to settle the criticism. Mm-hmm. Yes, for our listeners, I highly advise to follow Brian on Instagram because it's, I mean, from my, my personal view, I, I greatly, as I said, I, I do my Brian's consistency. He, he does post very impactful short videos every single day. And, um, and as he said, he, you know, just he shows up every single day and talking about fears, as you said, Brian, because you, you know, you kept, you kept going, it all mm -hmm. faded away. Uh, and this is what builds confidence. Um, it's just talking about your qualities. Yeah. Did you want to well, say anything? Fear, fear and judgment are part of the process. 
you, you simply can't get around it. If you do anything new, I don't, I don't care what you do, whether you try going to the gym or you try starting a business or you start a social media channel, you're going to feel fear and you're going to get judged by other people. Like, I mean, if you don't experience that, then you're living in another dimension where the rest of us aren't there. It's, it's just part of the process, which tells you that you're on the right track, that you're doing the right things. If people feel the need to go and have a look at what you're doing and criticize it, that's all them. It's got nothing to do with you. It's none of your business, in fact. Just ignore it and keep going, keep producing. Because remember, the people who like what you produce, people who like what you say and what you do and how you do it, they'll come and find you. And it actually doesn't take long to get a following of people who are showing up regularly. You'll start seeing the same people liking your videos and commenting on them. And once you start to know that there's, you're actually building a community, then that, again, that beats the confidence base. That's telling you, it's, it's, it's evidence, it's hard, hard evidence that you are doing it right, that you are who you say you are. And it's just, it's, it's just push through that initial discomfort and get the rewards on the other side because they're there for the taking. They're, they'll pay dividends for the rest of your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And how do you, obviously, Brian, you've done so many videos and I'm sure you definitely, you've got your workflow and, you know, you, you know what you're doing. Uh, sorry, yeah, you work, you've got your workflow and I'm sure you're, you're uh, how, sorry, you, in terms of your confidence, I'm sure you, you, as you said, you, you're fine with that. But talking about the fear of judgment, how do, do you still have that like mentality, what people think of me? Do you still have it in some ways? Um, not of the people who are around me now, you know, like the people I work with or the, you know, my friends or my family that know that any fear of judgment from them is now out the window completely. Uh, sometimes I come up with a subject that I think might be a little, a little close to the edge sometimes. And I'm a little bit nervous about posting some of that stuff because people can, people online, as you know, Roxana can have a pretty visceral reaction. So I'm, I never try to, I, I certainly wouldn't say anything I shouldn't say, but sometimes you tell people things that they don't want to hear. You know, sometimes you, you, you might make a statement and sometimes because social media is such a short form content, that you have to say things in a way where you don't have time to fully explain the context of what you said. And people take a very black and white opinion about what you said. And next thing you know, you're in the middle of a, a pile of hateful comments and you, it wasn't what you intended at all. And all you can do is sort of repair it and damage control as you move along. So yeah, sometimes I am a little bit nervous that some of the Self-development stuff is pretty much telling you to, it's your life, you're responsible, you can't blame other people, you know, stop hiding behind a label of some kind. Stop saying that it's your parents' fault, it's your work's fault, it's the government's fault. It's your, it's your problem. Whether it's your fault or not, it's irrelevant. It's your problem. You've got to fix it. Sometimes people don't like being told that. Some people aren't ready to hear that. Yeah, you can, you can find yourself being judged by them. So sometimes, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit aware of that. But again, if I think it's important, and I think it's worthwhile, I'll, I'll play ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you see, it's it's really hard to please everyone uh, online. Everyone perceives information differently, and uh, and yes, yeah, so obviously, and your content is very practical as well. Like you know, don't be a, a victim. You know, it's your yeah. life. Take responsibility and do this. Is that? Yeah, maybe some people are quite you know just sensitive and yeah. Like I said, everyone because if you uh, make yourself public out there, you know, there is always. Like when I studied, for example, posted online, I was very aware that I might be judged, there might be trolls or haters. So I was very aware of the reaction. And I thought I can't just please everyone. You know, I just want to be myself and just to do my best as well. Yeah. And I. It's certainly not something I think you should encourage. I don't try to encourage haters, mm-hmm. but there's, <laughs> there's certain content on social media that tells you that you haven't made it till you have a hater. I, I don't know how true that is, but I, I t- I have, I've had negative comments. I remember one post I put up, and it was four pieces of, four pieces of advice. That's all it was. And the first one was, most of your friends, they aren't really your friends. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, I, think that, I think I got over 90 comments on that video, and quite a few of them were, you know, they were choice. They, they were colorful, right? And I sort of knew the minute I sent it out, I thought, right, there's going to be a very interesting reaction to that one. But in some people's lives, they are surrounded by people who aren't their friends. That's, that's unfortunately true. And all I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to tell you that, you're, that your friends aren't your friends. All I'm trying to do is just be aware that some of them might not be. It's, it's just awareness your life sometimes we have blinkers on we don't see the world for what it is we, we don't see the woods for the trees and i'm trying to get people to step back and have a look around and go is that actually right and and have a look at some people and some of their relationships and say look is this is this person truly a friend or is this a friend of me who's keeping an eye on me you know what i mean and like i say some people just aren't ready to hear it they don't want to hear it because it's 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 too personal it's it would mean they were wrong. It would mean that their life would be changed. It would mean abandoning everything they know. And that's scary. And people don't like fear. And people will always lash out against fear every single time. So it's, uh, you're taking to place, people to a place where it's uncomfortable. You know, sometimes you just have to take that some people will, will kick back when you do that. Yes. This is so true. And how did you uh, how did you uh, deal with this? As you said, colorful comments. Did you just respond? Did you just? Uh, it, it depended on the level of color. Uh, <laughs> if it was, if it was an outright insult, I just deleted it. Um, TikTok filtered some of them. I, I remember seeing a filtered list at the bottom. That's where it saved the really good ones. So they never made it on. I just deleted those. If somebody was sort of suggesting, you know what, man, I'm sorry for your life if it turned out like that. I would just sort of go on and say, you know what, my, my life's not like this. I'm just trying to get you to analyze yours or something to that effect. I, would, I only ever engage in constructive feedback. I, I don't get into arguing with them. It's, it's pointless. So don't, if, you, if you are going to set up a social media channel, do not get into it with someone who is just there to spread hate and attack you from all angles. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of even, yeah, pointless to do that because... Yeah. Sometimes I don't understand the motivation of people who actually took their time to actually go and make a negative, to leave a negative comment. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it like 
I, I struggle to understand psychology behind it, motivation. But yeah, it's probably another, it's a topic for another <laughs> episode. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for sharing. Also, I forgot to mention you have a TikTok because I, I, yeah, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, I could imagine you've got two platforms. That's why you, you know, you receive co- comments from both ends. Yeah, and uh, TikTok tends to be the one that if there is going to be abuse handed out, it tends to be in that one. I, I, I've never, I don't think I've had a negative comment on Instagram yet. Mm. You know, even with the same video, I get, I tend to get very different reactions, which goes to show you a very, very different user profile on each platform, very, very different audience on each. So, and I suppose one's probably much more popular and much more influential than the other one. Well. Mm, that's interesting. It's interesting to see how it, as you said, you've got different reactions. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So. I'm just thinking, coming back to, yeah, coming back to, again, self-confidence, confidence, confidence, self-esteem and things like that. Uh, Do you, I was wondering, do you have any uh, maybe personal stories to share uh, with our audience, how you overcame? Yeah, well, we've we've covered the social media in a bit of detail, so I'll I'll probably give you a couple of other examples. Um, One of them from from my teenage years and then one of them from, sort of would have been from my 30s. Um, I'm in my 40s now. But when when I was a when I was a teenager, when I was 16, I left school. For reasons that it would take too long to go into, I left school without any friends really. Um, I had to change schools at one point throughout my my secondary that's that secondary period of life. And um, I found myself sitting at 16 with nobody to call to, you know, to go out to a bar or a nightclub with I had nobody ring up to you know let's go for a drive today let's go and do stuff and it was it was a situation that from sort of 16 17 it started to get worse and worse in my head my mental health was struggling really quite badly with it at the time and it was a situation that couldn't continue I was also living at home with my parents I was having a very difficult relationship with them at that time because I wanted my independence and I couldn't afford it at the time even though I had a job and um, it, like I say, it was just it was something that couldn't continue. Now, another aspect to this story was that I left school with reasonably good GCSEs, but one of the problems that I had was I was terrible at maths. I mean, I was hopeless at it, you know what I mean? And this situation at home got really, really bad to the point where um, I, remember my, uh, I remember one incident where I went to work and I didn't come in. I went to work at six o'clock in the morning. I didn't come home till ten o'clock at night. And this was before mobile phones. And I, my, my mother didn't know where I was, and she started panicking. And she rang my dad, who was still working as well, and sent him out looking for me. Now he he came home, met her in a panic, said, "Go out and find him, see where he is." And I, I met him on the bypass of our town. And when I came in the door, he came in the car behind me. He came into the yard behind me, and he said, "Where were you?" And I said, "I was at work." I said, no, you weren't. It's 10 o'clock at night. You weren't at work. I said, I was at work. And he hit me a slap. And he said, there's no way you were working to this time of night. And I just thought, here I am. I'm getting hit for working. And I mean, this, this situation can't continue. It was just, I was getting to that point. Now, he did apologize to me a couple of weeks later because he was under pressure. He had just been promoted and he was struggling with his job. And coming home and my mum being stressed out and after a long day, he just snapped. That's, that's all that happened. But where he worked, there was a guy who worked with him who I knew. And 
I could fight it in him one day about my situation. And where he worked was, it was a big caravan park hotel complex and it also had a nightclub in it. And this guy said to me one morning, he said to me, well, if things are that bad, why don't you get a job in here working in the bar? And I remember thinking, yeah, that's not a bad idea. He said, look, at least, at least you'll be out three nights a week. This place is on three nights a week. You'll be out of the house at least. Now, I wasn't sure because, remember, I, I, I wasn't good at math and the idea of getting behind a bar didn't really sit well with me. But I started anyway and I started clearing tables. That's, that was my first job. And I was at that for about a month when I decided that wasn't what I wanted to do and I wanted to get behind the bar. So here's, here's where I had to step up. Going in behind that bar, I had to learn a tilt. I had to learn a price list. I had to learn drinks. It was a lot. And this was an extremely popular venue, Roxana. Like we're talking two and a half thousand people every night it was open. It was packed. It was high intensity, very, very fast service. And you had to be good. And I wasn't. I was absolutely hopeless. My, I'd say my first two months behind the bar, every night I went in, I dreaded going in because I couldn't add up rounds. I didn't know where anything was. I couldn't pull a pint. I, I was putting drinks in the wrong glasses. I didn't know how to deal with customers. And if it hadn't been for a woman who was in the bar with me, God love her, she'd been, she'd been doing the bar for about 15 years. She helped me at every turn. And slowly, gradually, with every night that went past, I got better and better and better. I got faster at adding rounds up. Like, I mean, when I started asking me what 160 and 160 was, I, I would I would have froze. Whereas at the end of it, I would have taken a round of 20 drinks and had it added up in about 35 seconds. Do you know what I mean? I, I really, really advanced in skill very, very quickly because I had to. I was repeating it that often. And any given night, I was serving a person every 30 seconds. You know, you, you get exposed to that for long enough, you'll start to get good. And there was other benefits with the job as well. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you were meeting girls and, you know, people wanted to know you. You were popular. There was all this stuff. And I went from sitting in the house seven nights a week, staring at the wall, almost in tears, to being out four nights a week. And I made a group of friends in there. And we started hanging around with each other. And my life became that of a normal teenager. Whereas before that, it was rapidly going down a hole that I, I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to do. But there was a really simple, practical solution. And that was just go and get a job in a bar, surrounded by the people of my age. And I kept that job up for three or four years. And I built a huge network of friends and had a great social life and done lots of things. And that's one example of stepping out of your comfort zone in order to improve your life. And for me, it was necessary to improve my life. It couldn't continue. So I always say to people, never ever be afraid of stepping into something that scares you because on the other side of it is a totally different you, a totally different experience. Nine times out of 10, it's always better. So that was one example. And then the next one came when I was in my 30s. Now, I, I, I worked for, I've worked for golf clubs for a very, very long time. I decided somewhere in my 30s, I fancy working on the radio. Never worked on a radio in my life. Didn't know the first thing about broadcasting. 
And I walked in the door of a local radio station where I was living at the time. And it was called Ocean FM. That was the station. And I said, I walked into this, I'll never forget this, walking into this receptionist. And she was sitting typing an email or something. And uh, I walked up and I said, hiya, I'd like to be a presenter, please. And she looked at me as if this, this isn't how presenters do this. And she said, okay, I'll just let me get somebody for you. So she went in the back and came out with this guy. And he, uh, he says to me, yeah, how can I help you? I said, I'd like to be a presenter. And he said, are you, are you a presenter at the minute? I said, no, I'm not. Are you a DJ? No, I'm not. Do you MC events? No, I don't. And at this point, I'm, I'm absolutely begging this guy to ask me something I can say yes to. And instead, he asked me the worst question he could have asked me. He said, what, what actually do you do? <laughs> I, said, I said, I work for a golf club. And he's looking at me like, what are you doing here? You know, and he scratched his head and he said, he said, we normally don't take presenters without a demo CD first. And I said, right, well, if I get you a demo CD, would that do you? He said, yeah, go, go and get me a demo CD. I think he was quite happy to get rid of me. But I walked out that door dying inside. I, oh, God, I felt awful. felt like I made such an idiot of myself. But anyway, I went home and tried to record this CD. And I sent it in to them. Two weeks go by, I didn't hear a thing. And I rang him up and I said, uh, did you get that CD? And he said, yeah, I did. I said, what did you think? He said, it was blank. There was nothing on it. And I thought, oh, Jesus, I sent him a blank CD. And at this point, I've, I've decided I've had enough. I'm, I'm starting to back out of this. now. I said, look, you know, I'm really sorry about that. I'm sorry for wasting your time and all this sort of stuff. And then he said to me, he said, wait, he said, why don't you come in here and we'll record one? I said, cool. Okay, let's do that. So a couple of days later, I go into the station. He walks me into the production studio with me. Gives me a script for an advert, puts me behind a, a microphone. And he says, right, read that. So I read it out and he goes, okay, now I want you to listen to this. So he plays one of the ads that they're running on the station at the time. He says, read your ad the way you just heard that. And I read it out exactly how he says. He leans back, listens to it a couple of times. And he says, yeah, you've got a really good voice. Tell you what, why don't you come in on Tuesday night and sit in on the Ocean Energy show with Kieran Carney. I said, we'll take it from there. And I went in on Tuesday night and I worked for that radio station for two years, presenting the Ocean Energy show twice a week from nine to 11. And it was one of the best experiences I ever had in my life. And that came from just walking in the door and asking, right? Without a day of broadcast experience, I managed to blag my way onto the radio just by asking, okay? Now, I didn't go on to have some sort of stellar radio career. I didn't go on to national radio or any of that sort of stuff, but that wasn't the point. The point was I wanted to try it. I wanted to do it, and I was fairly, there was something in me said, you should try this. So I literally walked in the door, tried it, and I managed it. And if I hadn't taken that risk, I wouldn't be sitting here telling this story. Okay, amazing things happen to people who stick their neck out and try. What I don't, what I've told lots of people that story, but what I don't very often tell people was the 40 minutes that I sat in the car park talking myself out of it before I went in. I had a real argument with myself. And this, this voice kept coming up, this, this thing kept repeating in my head. I said, who are you to be on the radio? Who are you? 
to be on the radio. You know that that, that low self-esteem, that, that voice of criticism. You're not good enough for this. Nobody wants to hear you. And I I battled with it until I eventually just went, you know what, enough. I'm just doing it and that's it. You know that moment where you decide that the opportunity is too good. It's, too, it's just you, you've come that far and you have to commit. Now. That's the point I was at. And I went in and I asked. And it worked. Now, if it hadn't worked, I would have went away with my tail tucked between my legs, but at least I could tell myself I tried. I gave it a shot. So I'm not on here talking about confidence just because I think it's a good idea. I've actually done it. I've actually put myself against things that I didn't want to do, put myself into situations I found hard, I found difficult, I found embarrassing, where I was being judged, where people were looking at me like I'm some kind of crazy person. And it actually worked out. And I actually found out along the way that some of the attributes I thought I didn't have that I never knew I had, I actually possessed them. And remember, I, I, always, I always think that life is a journey of discovery. And at the end of it, what you know is who you are. And the only way to know who you are is to risk something, is to stick your neck out and try. And that's what confidence is. That's the prize at the end of confidence is you find out who you are and what you're capable of. So if I was going to give any advice to your listeners, it's get out there. Try it, because if you don't, you'll just never know. Wow, Brian, literally wow. It's just fascinating listen, listening to you. Yeah, you're not just a, a person who, who just talks about it, but who actually, it's like your modus operandi. Yeah, this is how you live your life constantly, you know, stepping into unknown, doing something, uh, something that's not comfortable for you and being very bold as well, you know. Your, your story about the radio, I was like, wow, you need to be so courageous, actually, to, you know, to go there and say, look, I, you know, I want to work on the radio. And, and actually, you got the job. You see, that's why they say, if you, you know, if you never ask, you, you'll, like, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And even if they told you no, at least you tried it, right? It still shows your, um, you know, you, 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 it shows that you, you try to, you know, push through things and make them work. But I know it's such a, um, it's just an amazing example. Uh, and to be honest, I've never actually heard, I don't know where I've heard from anyone um, speaking about stepping outside their comfort zones like this, but this is fascinating, Ryan. Wow, I feel like I want to work with you now <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> yeah, you might you might hit me before it's all over, but <laughs> that's it will definitely move you forward. Um, but that's that is the process. It's the process is walk into a situation and you sink or swim. But that's why I'm saying choose your situation carefully. That that one for me was a bit of a big bold step. Um, Sometimes you need that. If you want to make a big change, you, you need to take a bold step. But for most people, I recommend incremental steps that you know you can do. You know, there's, I have this tagline on my Instagram page that says that I help people achieve the goals they can so that they can go on to achieve the goals they think they can't. It's, it's all about believing in yourself. I knew, look, from, if I want to try anything today, I can, I can look back and say, look, I survived working in an extremely busy bar. I was successful in getting onto the radio. I have built a following on social media. Whatever my next big project is, I know I can do it. 
I'll I'll find somebody who can help me. I'll find somebody who will show me what, whatever it takes. It's it's just it's that for, with each successful event, your confidence builds, and then you believe more in what you're able to do in the future. Hmm. Yeah, this is so accurate. Because and also you did mention about limiting beliefs as well when you were sitting in the car, and you know about again the 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 job on the radio and a lot of people. Uh, live their lives this way, thinking, you know, I'm not good enough. Like, like for example, if I want to be on the radio, if I want to be, to be present on the radio, this is probably I would, uh, this is will be my self-talk, you know. I'm not, what do you call it, um, what's the word? So, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not articulate or my voice is not great. You know, this is, would be programmed in my head. And, and it's, it's just interesting, your mindset, you know, how you, um, yeah, you had these moments, but you still did it. And and the, coming back as well, so that that um, incident, that sorry, incident, that that moment of your life, and when you were kid, well, when you were teenager as well, you you know you you didn't stay at home. You you know you found a way, found a yeah. job. Which well, took- I should probably add to that story that I I did after getting that job that gave me the financial means and the confidence to move out of my parents' house. So I moved, I moved into a house with two or three other people my age and it was absolute chaos and carnage, but I loved every minute of it. <laughs> no, we were a bunch of 19-year-old guys living in a house together. It was brilliant. It was absolutely everything that it should have been. And I, got, I, I feel like I got my life. You know, like I look back on those years so, so fondly. They were, they were really, really good fun. And it's, it's something I never regret doing. You know, some people used to sympathize with me and say, you know, poor you stuck behind the bar working. I was having the night of my life. We, we hosted some of the biggest DJs in the world at that time in the venue I played in, like the late 90s, early 2000s. We were, we were probably one of the most popular venues in Ireland at the time for trance and club DJs. So we, we really, really, there were people who were absolutely queuing up outside to get in. The tickets were gold dust. And I was in there every night for free. I was in there being paid. It was it was an amazing time to be there. And I feel so privileged that I got that opportunity. And I always thought people commiserating with me was just ridiculous. You know, I, I'm having the night of my life here. Mm. And see how your, as well, self, as you said, self-worth grew. Because mm-hmm. obviously you got, you, you, you got your independence, I mean, financial independence from parents, plus social interactions as well, which were very important to you because you were lonely at that time. And again, that's due to your, again, just I'm talking about confidence, that's due to your character, right? You didn't feel sorry for yourself. Like, you know, you could stay for 10 years in, in, mm-hmm. you know, in that house, in, sorry, in your parents' house and just feeling sorry for yourself. And just under stories like that. I could have blamed them. I could have I could have made it my parents' fault if I'd wanted to. That they didn't understand me, that they wouldn't cut me a break, that they wouldn't help me move out. I, I could have made all those excuses, but I didn't. I, I'd say this is my problem. I have to fix this. And I spoke to a person who I thought might be able to help, and it turned out he could. Again, I took a risk. You just have to, and I have to say that once I moved out, my, my relationship with my parents improved immeasurably. It really did get good after that because there was that bit of distance between us, which we need at that age. You, you need your independence. 
And they look at you differently after you move out. You're an adult now. You're not, you're not their child the same way that you used to be. So that, that was an extremely important step in so many ways. And all I did was take a job in a bar. But it completely turned my life around. And that's what I want people to realize from this, that your listeners, if they're in a really bad place, quite often there's a really straightforward solution if you would just consider it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And sometimes all these, how shall I say, all these challenging moments in our lives take us you know, to, to the right place or the right direction as well. And we grow as well. You see how grew you are through this process yeah. as well. And, and it makes our life as well quite exciting. And yeah, you can share all these stories as well. <laughs> People who maybe seek some guidance on that right now. Um, thank you, Brian. I think you did mention, I was going to ask you about uh, tips for our listeners who may hesitant or resist stepping outside of their comfort zone. I think you said you just need to, I'm just uh, probably reiterating myself. Um, I think you just need to keep doing, right? Just just take action, right? Mm-hmm. Don't then wait for miracle to happen. Or... Yeah, you, you've got to create your own miracles. But there's there is two or three like small things that people can do, especially, especially confidence isn't needed day in, day out, 24-7. Most, most people's lives don't revolve around needing confidence like that. You need confidence at critical moments, don't you? It's, it's the confidence to walk across that bar and speak to the pretty girl. That's, that's when you need it. The rest of the night, you don't need it, but you just need it then. And there's things you can do. You know, it's, again, it's raising your hand in the meeting. You just need the confidence for that one moment. So um, before people who get up to speak, there's um, something that's quite popular. is power posing, right? And this, what this does is it changes your physical state. When you stand up straight, put your shoulders back, put your chin up, breathe in deep. You maximize your size physically, and this also has the effect of affecting you mentally and gives you the impression of power and superiority and all these types of feelings, right? Once you step out onto a stage, then you feel confident, you feel powerful, you feel strong, and you feel like you're in control. And that's for that moment, that's a really good tip. So something like power, power posing, and I'm also a big advocate of power dressing. Wear something that makes you feel good. Okay, like you wouldn't step up onto to do a TED talk and attracts it. You know what I mean? You're going to dress appropriately for that. Someone's going to make you feel like someone of influence and substance. So those are those are real simple ones. Other things to do, maybe again, similar situation is channel your heroes. Who what would what would someone you respect and admire do if they were in your situation? Like one of one of my um, personal heroes would be Simon Sinek or Barack Obama, for example, because they're fantastic communicators. I would imagine, how would Barack Obama handle this talk? What what would he do? What would he say? How would he present himself? And you can channel a little bit of that yourself and just remember what they looked like and what they did. That can also be a way for you to behave, to build your confidence before you step out into that crucial moment. Another thing that a lot of people do just before they need to do something scary is they start to focus on what can go wrong. You need to focus on what you what can go right, okay? Because what you focus on happens. And that's so true of your life in general. What you focus on in your life, that's what you get. 
That's what happens. If you focus on negativity, your life's full of negativity. If you notice, if you focus on positivity, it's full of positivity. And same goes just before a crucial moment. If you focus on going to talk to a girl and you and you'd start thinking that she's going to say no, she's going to ignore you, she's going to tell you to get lost, guess what? You're increasing the chances of that happening. So focus on what can go right and what will go right. And you will, you will, you will show up in a way that makes that less likely to happen. I don't guarantee it won't happen. But it makes it less likely to happen. It takes out it takes out your contribution to that happening. Okay? Because there's circumstances in other people that you can't do anything about, but you can take out your involvement in it going wrong by focusing on what can go right. All right. And then the last one probably for, for your listeners is if you can rehearse. So if you've got, like, for example, a real difficult conversation you need to have with someone, and you know it's going to be hard. And they're probably going to get angry and it, it could go either way. Mentally rehearse it first. Imagine sitting in the room, talking through it, imagining all the possible outcomes and scenarios. Do all of those things because that prepares your mind for what could happen once you're in there. And for public speaking, rehearsal is absolutely essential. You know, one thing I advocate very, very strongly is visit the venue where you're going to speak actually stand on the stage. I'll tell you another great thing you can do if you have time. If you're one of the first speakers up and the crowd are starting to gather, go and meet them. Go and shake their hand. Introduce yourself. Ask them where they're from, why they're there. And by the time you get onto the stage, you've maybe met 30 or 40 of them. And they're now people who know you. You've now spoke to them once before. All you're going to do is speak to them again. It's not as intimidating. These are just little things that can really settle you down, control your nerves, and just let the confidence flow. Because any speaker I've ever gone to listen to, I don't know about you, Roxana, but I've been rooting for them to be good. I have never been sitting in a crowd thinking, I hope you are crap. I really, I hope you fail. I hope this is rubbish. I have never thought that. I've been sitting there going, I really hope you're fun. I hope you're entertaining. I hope you're interesting because I'm here for the next hour and I want this to be good. Remember, they're rooting for you all the time all the time and when a guy walks up to a girl she's hoping he's fun and he's entertaining and he's good good to, a great person to be around so be that person simple as that mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for the tips brian they're they're super useful to know um especially when it comes to as well public speaking as well no this is actually super helpful i'm just thinking now yeah i think this is very cool technique as you said just you know shake your hands meet people who are will be in your audience that will make you probably would probably feel more at ease as well because um what tend to happen with people is as you said just they get nervous and maybe panicky and before Mm -hmm. they go on the stage and this is what sometimes get should i say you know obviously it's detrimental might might be but again if we talk about uh, you know public speakers like, like simon simon sinek or barack obama obviously you'll never you know you th- you know obviously they they are flawless well in my in my opinion but i'm sure they it's just they won't they weren't born this way they they it's just through practice yeah and, and work it's just this is uh, this is worth remembering because sometimes as well i caught myself 
I don't know if I should tell, <laughs> say this now publicly, but you know, when you see someone who's, you know, very confident, I always get personally attracted to people who are very confident. It's just maybe me because I've never been confident myself. Um, you know, I've suffered from imposter syndrome, maybe still have imposter syndrome even till today. And I'm, I am actually, I do have. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, I always, sometimes I found myself putting on pedestal people who are, you know, that confident who can, who can do public speaking very well. But at the same time, was, was, I was doing, I was putting myself down like, oh, you know, I, I can't make, you know, I can't be like them. But I know if I put the work, listening to you, if I put the work and obviously work on my mindset and don't have this self-negative talk, right, that makes me nervous and panicky, it, you know, it should work all this way. It, it should, I can uh, work my way up to mm -hmm. become a speaker. What I'm saying is everything is possible if, mm -hmm. if, you, if you have, if you're really passionate about it, if you want to, to do mm -hmm. it. It's... It's like you say, putting people on pedestals is one of the mistakes we make. Believing that they have some sort of endowed trait that we don't. That is not the case. What you're looking at is the product of hard work and practice. And that is totally within your gift. That's not beyond you. You have access to everything they had access to. And if you wanted to, and then people say, I, but they paid thousands for coaches. They paid for the best coaches in the world. Do you know how they did that? They sacrificed. They stopped buying shit they didn't need so that they could pay those people. You know what I mean? I, when I coach people, one, one of the very first things I touch on is money. That's quite strange. You know, it's quite a strange thing, but I can get a fairly good, I can take the temperature of a person's life pretty well from their financial position and what they prioritize, what is actually important. If people sit and tell you, oh, this is important to me, I really want to do this, I really want to do this. And then you start delving into their life and you start, and you get into the money question. So what do you spend your money on? You know, how much have you got in savings? You know, what's your outgoings? And what you find in there is chaos. It's, they have no, they, they have no structure to their money. And then you say to them, you say to yourself, well, if you really wanted these things, you'd be putting the money into these because to really advance, to really go forward in life, you're going to need money. But let's be realistic about that. To get the help of really qualified, skilled people, you're going to pay them. That's just the way life is. So you're going to have to do without something else in order to get that money. So it's always an area that I focus on. If we can get that side of things sorted out, usually that's half the problem. If you have the means to pay for the help you need, then you're halfway there. Because all you have to do after that is learn the skills that are being put in front of you. You know? So it's it's one of those things that we, we need to get right in life is realizing that progress requires help and progress requires money. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, this is this is so true and very powerful, Brian. Uh, you know, as they say, who said that? Is it so someone said that, you know, the best investment you can make is investment actually in yourself with regards to, you know, your yeah. your knowledge and like mindset and other things. Not material, not talking about material things here, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's really, really good investment. And and again, all 
you know, again, listen to uh, some other success story of successful people. They all had mentors, all had mm-hmm. to invest into good mentors. And again, this is probably one of the best investment people can make. Um, I think on this note, we are going to conclude our conversation with the incredible and um, super, how shall I, I had this word in my in my head, Brian, for you, super confident person who breaking down the barriers, Brian Boyle. And for I, yeah, before we conclude, uh, where can our listeners find you, Brian? The best way to get me at the moment, I don't have a website. So the best way to get in contact with me is through my social media channels. So if you're on Instagram or you're on TikTok, the channel is the same name. It's at AskBrianB. Thank you, Brian, so much. I really, really enjoyed this insightful conversation with you. I'm sure we can even go <laughs> go on and on, but I'm sure you'll be back with uh, with a, you know in one of my other another episode. And thank you so much for being on my show today. No problem at all, Roxanne. It was my pleasure. Become the best version of yourself with Coaching Chats.